It's the old Doctor Who show, episode number 74. Ghostlight. Go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. You couldn't control my mind before, and you certainly can't control it now. Would you like a jelly, Toby? The TARDIS has been working properly and capable of many amazing things. Because the polarity of the neutron flows, the TARDIS will be free of the force field. Well, the TARDIS is more than a machine. It's a genetic issue. It's like a person. Resulting reaction is fighting. Welcome back to the old Doctor Who show, your classic tri-weekly Doctor Who review podcast. Uh, how are you doing this afternoon, Dan? Well, Eric, I'm doing well. Yeah, we're doing an afternoon recording here. Um, yeah, not an evening. It's not Doctor Who after dark. Just, just no. a nice lazy Sunday afternoon. Where were you? Were you were lost in the forest? Yeah, my sister, uh, my sister, my daughter, and her friends were walking in the woods. They wanted to go for a walkabout. Uh, they're huge. <laughs> Are they trying to find fans? <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and like one of her friend's dads was sort of with them following, so I was just walking the dog, and then they just were supposed to be done at a certain time, and they weren't. Uh, why we're starting a little bit later uh, than normal, but you don't know that. That's the People exact reason. People know that. They don't know what time we're starting. They don't know I'm a half hour late. It's the exact reason I don't have kids. Yeah. Because of all their walks. I won't do it. Um, yeah, we, I don't think we have anything to discuss. Uh, you know what we should do? We yeah. should spend all the time talking about this bonkers friggin' story. Yeah, there's a lot to there's, I, there's a, a lot, lot to uh, to get through. Ugh, I guess I will okay. I will point out uh, that yes. I had taken great notes. I thought and I uh, lost my notebook, <laughs> so now I gotta wing it. Uh, well, that be I, I have some that I took uh, electronically, but the other ones I wrote I hand wrote my book, uh, my dream journal, and uh, it's lost now. So if you find oh. it and you see uh, any of my notes about uh, the Geico caveman. As uh, Butler, uh, you know it's me. Uh, one thing book. I did want to uh, say is I think between the airing of our last story and this one, we uh, we were trying to figure out a way that we were going to watch the the movie uh, for the Eighth Doctor. Yes. So we called out to Twitter to to see uh, what are some options there because there weren't any good ones uh, available. There's nothing for streaming, which kind of was uh, horrible. Um, there were some uh, not so horribly legal ways to do it. So ended up, we are going to be doing the, the movie. I ended up uh, just buying, there was a box set that someone pointed us to that has a whole bunch of uh, stories from uh, the different doctors. So I bought one collection. That's the last right, what, three doctors it like in the classic. one story per doctor it's a of few like doctors. five, six, seven, eight or something? Yeah, it's a few stories from each of those doctors. So I just got that because it was the cheapest option and it contained the movie. So uh, we're going to be able to do that in actually in not that uh, not that far from now. We're going to do this summer. The, I know we only have two more two more stories. I wish I the BBC would just send us stuff, right? Uh, so if you know anyone <laughs> at the BBC, please write them because those new Blu-rays of the classic show i sent it to you because i think the packaging looks great and i like yeah. the album or album the uh, cover art cover. And everything so if you uh are in a promotional department of some kind <laughs> you want to send them my way i'll consider it we'll do a giveaway and by giveaway i mean we'll keep it of course um but we'll talk about it so let's just hit the button dan let's get into ghost light Matthew's in there, says this house is Gabriel Chase. So? It's all falling down last time I saw it in 1983. You tricked me! This is Perivale! This is Ghost Light story number 153, uh, aired in October of 1989. This was uh, written by uh, Mark Platt, directed by Alan Waring, and produced by JNT. The Doctor brings Ace to an English country house in 1883. 
The house is full of your normal run-of-the-mill folks, a mad international explorer, a Neanderthal butler, a dusty light-phobic lord, and a hypnotized house staff. Oh, and your equally typical stone spaceship in the basement with a prisoner, a slumbering energy being, and ambulatory husks. All the things, you know, we're familiar with having watched Downton Abbey. Ace realizes to her dismay that they're in the hometown of Perryville and that the doctor has brought her to Gabriel Chase, a house she burned down to the ground in a hundred years. Ace must face her fears from the past, just as the energy being called Light must face the fact that all of its work cataloging life has gone to waste. Ace and the doctor must convince Light not to destroy all life on Earth and does so by lecturing about entropy and evolution. It's even more exciting than it sounds. Eric, (laughs) what did you think of Ghost Light? Uh... Well, I don't think it's a surprise that I very much enjoyed Ghost Light. I thought it was a insane fever dream. I felt that I was with Ghost Light. Ghost Light and I were friends for the first two episodes easy. I felt like, kind of weird, I can sort of follow what's going on. And then by part three, I was like, sort of not sure how I got in the room that I had been watching the thing in and why I had been bound and gagged. Um, but I, I, there's so much going on. I mean, we're eventually going to get to what we think it's about because I yeah, imagine yeah. that's probably open up, open to interpretation, which I kind of like about the story. I have my own theories. I didn't do too much reading. I'm sure... There is uh, stuff about what it means or maybe even the writer's commentary on what it means. I don't know. For me, I was like, oh, okay, this is, uh, you know, an allegory for uh, the Trinity. And, you know, but we'll get into all that uh, nonsense. I thought the, 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 set, the sets and the mood and the lighting and the feel of it took me back to, like, the old Tom Baker uh, you know, like the Hammer error type, like Horror Fang Rock, or some of those older, spookier ones that I always sort of gravitated to. Uh, although it's totally not. I mean, it's it's its own uh, yep. weird thing. There are so many crazy, weird moments of like the young girl playing uh, the piano and singing that weird nursery rhyme song, mixed in with the Neanderthal uh, ape man who's uh, the monkey butler, uh, literally. Uh, The husks that are alive for some reason, if they're husks that he's shedding, why are they uh, sentient too? I'm not sure, Uh, but there's so many things happening. There's so many incredible (laughs) things. Uh, The James Fenimore Cooper, uh, or whatever his name is. Um, There's the character that gets literally turned into a monkey at one point. There is a a policeman in a drawer. There's a... And I don't think we saw him before that, right? A lot of this episode, too, a lot of this episode, a lot of this story, too, I was like, hmm, did I miss... 20 years of, of who in between to know who the characters are, even so much as Ace's connection to the house. Mm. Was that something ever brought up or only within episode one in that three, 30 seconds you get of her saying, I'm afraid of haunted houses because when I was little and then all of a sudden halfway through, she's yelling, this is the house, it's... And then she says the word or like... I can't think of the word. Is it the town name or something? This is Periwinkle. Perryville, yeah. Like, is that supposed to have any significance? Had she ever said the word Perryville before? Yeah. Well, no, we know she's from Perryville. Yes. That's that part. That's the one part that's not new. There is probably a a lot of this that you sort of have to be paying attention to follow. But, like, when (laughs) she yells, this is Perryville, I'm like, she might as well have been saying, this is Paramus. Like, it was meaningless uh, to me. Um there's, I don't know. I don't know if we know where to begin. Do we? What did you think? Because I'll just keep going, and I have so many things to ask you about, like why there's stuffed animals, uh, taxidermy that have electric eyes, as if they're watching you, but that's never a thing at all. Rocking horses, where uh, the doctor's riding it like that uh, movie that was set in the Target with uh, Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> talking about there's that movie where it's like a night watchman and jennifer Connelly, and they spend the evening in target and she's like looking very pretty on a horse or something sure and that was like and then for some reason they have that exact same scene but only it's the doctor Mm -hmm. uh but what are why are the light eyes going 
I'm so glad you mentioned that too. Um, I almost forgot but about you, that. But yeah. you, tell me what you thought, because maybe you. No, I just want to keep listening to you talk about all the <laughs> craziness that is the story. And sorry, I, I do it. The thing that also, <laughs> I would, I would say, in any other story, this would be a negative. I would uh-huh. feel like what I'm about to say would be sort of you, you know, that's bad storytelling. But uh-huh. in this, it sort of works that there literally is no sense of danger or things being out of the ordinary. So the doctor and Ace are in this house, and weird things happen that no one acknowledges that they're weird. So when they first arrive in the house and they see the the uh, Cooper, what's his name, Red Beard or <laughs> Red versus Ben Redford. Cooper. And he realizes he is himself looking for himself. Yes. And it's this weird scene. scene. And all of a sudden, like like the guys in the white lab coats and the net. And butterfly they net. Throw, they throw them <laughs> around him and they take him out. That whole scene happens. And Ace and the doctor aren't even like, this is sort of odd. Like everyone just yeah. rolls with it. And there's a yeah. monkey butler there who's like, please forgive us. Let's meet our, you know, our... The master of the house wants to meet you, and everybody rolls with it, and that happens over and over again. Yeah. Every time there's something weird, there's no, like, you never, I, at least I, I felt like the characters are never in a sense of danger, even though they're, they're, they're constantly in a weird sense of, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So go on. I, I, I'm sorry. No, I... And Control I, also sounds like <laughs> Augra from The Dark Crystal. What's it for? Hmm? Hmm? Is that what you want to know? Like when she starts learning. Oh yeah! It's you know that Frank Oz is is Augur, so it's not obviously that wasn't Frank Oz. <laughs> oh, that wasn't but, Frank yeah, Oz. But, but go on. Yeah, there's. I'll, <laughs> I'm gonna try to stop because there's. I have so many more things where I'm gonna. I be like. What's up with the radiation? Why does everything have radiation <laughs> at the beginning, and why do they make a point of telling you, including Cooper? But that never pays off, and and I'm not. Do they all have cancer? Like, wh- uh, why did, why, what's the radiation? What is the experiment? It's a survey, <laughs> but there's a control group. But then it's like, okay, I don't even understand, like, enough to say, okay, so is the control, all right, there's three parts. Like, you've got light who's sent down to the earth that's got to figure this out, right? So uh-huh. he's he's got two subroutines uh, working under him, right? He's got the survey that goes out, and it's yep. got a catalog life. And then it has control that is either a control group to an experiment, or control is just in charge of the day-to-day operations in the spaceship while uh, light goes to sleep, and then the survey does its thing. Uh-huh. Which is, what is the control? Is control okay. that, or is control a control group, like in an experiment? Right. Okay, so I when I was watching the story, I thought it was the latter. Control was the thing that was running the operation yes. for uh, light uh, and was kind of overseeing um, survey, which is Josiah in this. Um, that was my understanding. Um, this is a story that I had to go and do a lot of reading about. Well, a lot for me. I tend to not go back and do a whole lot of reading after the fact. But this thing was so crazy. And the feedback that I was getting that uh, we got to our, our Twitter account when we asked about this was so positive. Do people that like I it? Felt, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later. Thank you guys for your responses in advance. Um, that I felt like, not that I didn't like it. I'll come back and say what I thought of the story. Not that I didn't like the story, but I wanted to see what the heck was I missing because it didn't all add up to me. So the control thing was one thing I did find something concrete-ish about. Um, this is, I found this on the uh, AV Club's uh, site. Um, they were doing a review and uh, this this is coming from the writer from the DVD extras, um, he says, the idea is that there is an experiment. Light sends out half of it, Josiah, to the planet's surface, and it evolves on the surface into dominant life form and uh, disseminates the information which light then puts into the catalog. Because it's an experiment, there's also a control side of the experiment, which is a very basic light form. life form. It's a sort of life unit which doesn't change. So to your point, and this is what AV Club was saying, this I, drove me freaking mental. This is exactly the same way I think about it. Is you said the same. A, a biological survey is not an experiment. You don't need a damn control group. But since Josiah is sent out and starts evolving with the planet, which the writer tends to like think was a core concept of the story, then obviously light understands what 
evolution and change is. So then what? So we need a control group to that's the that's the life unit that doesn't change as compared to the survey. Which means why was he so freaking ex- upset that life evolved if it was a thing that he knew was going to happen? So yeah, why did he freaking go crazy at the end? Right. It doesn't make any damn sense. And I think like all art, you can interpret it. We're not going to go by the author's view of his own work because oh, it's going to mess up what I wanted to say about uh, the fact that the light light is God. I- and the idea of evolution kills God because God cannot keep up with evolution. Sure. Right? And, that, and then that you have, because makes, there is no control, Dan. It makes so much more sense with that reading because that brings in the story that we have with the reverend who comes to the house, um, the discussion about uh, Darwinism and the theory of evolution and that sets up the tension between Josiah and the reverend and and then that that reading makes this make a lot more right. sense. And I don't think that the writer maybe had all this in mind and was trying to. I don't know. I don't know where he came up with saying this stuff because that's not the story I saw. Well, Mabel, I was going to ask you because you did the research. Um, is there a lot that is not that is was cut? I don't see anything about stuff being cut. Was this like um, a four barter? <laughs> right, they lost the whole part. This is. Uh, I, I was feeling this while I was watching it, um, and. Thank you guys for saying the same thing uh, from Twitter, but like this is the one time I wish there was one more part to this story, because it would really explain a whole hell of a yeah. lot of what's well, going see, on. So, but, okay, to back up, to back up. Right. Here's what did I think about the story? I'm I'm with you a hundred percent about the first two parts of this story, especially the first part. I was really down for a ghost story. Like I thought. You know, gothic horror in a in a country house um, in the Victorian era. This is going to be great. It's going to be a real ghost story. Um, but it and it and it starts off that starts way. And it very well could have been. It could have been, or it could have been. It could have been a vampire story. It could have been something along those lines of the supernatural that gets explained with you know it was an alien because that's always the way they explain. It's them. very suggestive that it's a vampire story in the beginning because you have the yeah. setting. And then the maids the are ward. like, get out of here at night. Like, you know, yes. night is when yes. this happens. And yep. But, you know, go on. And then you have the, the entire night staff who is under this, under its spell. Um, so that could have been like a vampire controlling its, you know, right. its minions or whatever. That's what it kind of felt like. But, you know, then it kind of goes crazy off the rails. And the third part, I mean, it just doesn't hold together in terms of plot. But I don't care. I really enjoyed the story. I loved the the writing was great as much as the plotting of the of the writing was not all that I would have hoped for right. the actual moment to moment of it and the lines there's some really funny lines on this um, there's a lot of, uh, of of writing that allows all of the cast to have incredible moments um, that are just hilarious or you know touching there's there's so much to like about this that it doesn't quite matter to me so much that the story doesn't make a hundred percent sense. At least to me. And uh, a lot of people have said this, this, this is a story that gets better with repeated watchings. Okay, I can see it, that. And, yeah, and I, I, I was going to say for myself, I always watch these once. Yeah. Like one at once and then I'm... Do- we want a fresh one, tape. I watched the That's first episode and, you know, almost immediately after I watched the third one. Yeah. Just because, you know, because... I thought I was following it, parts one and two. And then part yeah. three, I was like, I must have missed a lot. And then I rewatched part one, and it was actually better that I did that. And it it, it is a little bit clearer because the way, I, you know, I was seeing, you know, once I knew sort of what it was, okay, because the doctor in part three, there's a, he's got like one line of exposition where he's like, okay, here it is. Basically, yeah. Might as well just look in the camera and he's like, you know, light came down, uh, <laughs> millions of years ago or whatever and started cataloging it and then he went to sleep and then uh survey sort of went out of control and then control itself well because he locked up control got locked up because there was no control because you can't control the word of god dan because what will happen is if you take jesus and you you take uh the the word of god which is the pure light and you make it flesh and you put it out into the world it will become corrupt and it will get into our political systems like it's going to take over the uh england right it's going to yeah, be yeah, you know, yeah. that's part of its plot oh boy, that and plot. it becomes corrupted because uh control uh is non-existent you're reading there of this is, is no so control well so i, I would say i am reading into it certainly but there's so much of church versus science in this i mean you have yeah. uh, uh you should uh, 
sitting, uh, setting, whatever, a conversation between the church who's saying evolution's ridiculous yeah. and uh, the, the guy with the sunglasses uh, who doesn't like light, you know, going back and forth. So, I mean, that, that's sort of like hit, they hit you over the head with that. Right. That's right. why I was surprised, too, with what you're saying about the writer saying, well, okay, the control is it's an experiment. It doesn't right. none of it really it no adds uh, really adds up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right, so we start start at the beginning, right? So Sure. We arrive it opens with the feeding of control. Control, right? Control's locked up in the in yep. the and control is the eye through yes. the hole, right? The weird yes. glory hole uh, wherever you <laughs> sure. want to look at it. <laughs> The, the, the dirty business goes. It was a little high at night. But, yep. At okay. night, yep. uh, but she has a man's voice at that point. She becomes a well, lady. She has, that, she has that gravelly, indistinct yeah, voice. It doesn't yeah, seem yeah. like the same actor or whatever. I and didn't I don't know think if doing... it. It didn't read to me as a woman's voice, but just read as a just gravelly something. Right. Okay. Voice. Yes. And, and you hear at that point, uh, they say like one of the maids or the the head maid who turns out to be the old owner of the house. Says something like, uh, they can't talk or they have no voice. And then the you hear them saying, until now, or right. something. Something yes. that says So somehow right. control itself is evolving. In a normal story, there would only be one thing in the basement that's awakening. But here we have two, right? We're going to get to We have light more than later. two. Yes. But we also have the husks that are in the basement. Yeah, today. and I don't that's understand so weird. the husks. I don't. I know. We'll come I back. I don't okay. understand the husks. Uh, I mean, I do understand the husk. I understand it so much as we had a an insect and a lizard, right? Yes. And I'm taking that as okay. They're, they're he's moving up the evolutionary chain until sure. you get to British person is like the <laughs> the, tip the pinnacle of, okay. of the chain. That's like is the ultimate form. A British lord. Yes. Uh, so that I understand. So that's, that's, but that's why that are the kind of husks stuff, alive? Yeah, no, I don't think they were alive. Uh, I was. And what, I was what do they the call her, uh, him or her? They call Ace something. What's the word that they call her? Ratkin. Or something? Okay, so that makes okay two separate What's things. That? But yes, so control. They keep calling. They keep ca saying Ratkin, Ratkin, and it doesn't Maybe ever get explained. It doesn't mean anything. I, I, as far as I can tell, like it seemed familiar to me, so I looked it up. But there's no real reference to what a Ratkin is. Uh, a Rat King. That's a different thing. Right. Um, <laughs> But the husks were just, I thought, were just controlled by Survey. They were his former shells and that he's somehow able to maintain some form of control over them. That, sure. That's all. They weren't They weren't sentient on their own. He was actually mentally controlling them. Okay. That's the only way that makes any lick of sense right. to so me. Because he, he's religion run wild, Dan, because uh, <laughs> he's you. lost the original light of God. Mm -hmm. uh, he's moved away from them. Sure, um, sure, so, sure. so, okay, so then that, that part happens. Then the doctor lands there with Ace, and yep. at first the doctor sort of seems like he doesn't know where he is, and later we, we learn he's well, pushing her to face her fear. So he knows a little bit more about where they are and why they're going there, right? Yeah, so it's, yes, they, they land in a in a nursery um, in the house. The doctor is purposely not telling her anything about where they are under the under the um, cover that this is, he he's calls it a, an initiative test. There's like one line where he says, okay. so it seems to me that he's helping kind of train up Ace to, to be able to handle herself on her own or um, th there feels like there is an evolution, if you will, in their relationship, um, that she's becoming uh, more of an equal in their in their relationship and what they're exploring. So he's he knows these things and he's telling her to as a game to figure out where they are, when they are, etc. Instead right. of just telling her. Really, though, what he's doing is setting her up to face her fears. Da, 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 da. We find that out later. And he's been doing this before. This is sort of his thing. He he is like well, a not yeah, explicitly though. Where he pushes her to the the circus clown one we just did. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Greatest show on earth because she's afraid of clowns. So he's like, we're hanging out with clowns. He's like the uh, one of those camps in the Midwest where they don't have you know laws against hitting people and you drop your kid off there if they <laughs> if they're vaping too much and then you get him back and they can't they can't make eye contact with you and you're like he's cured. Uh, that's like the doctor is like the space version of that. This doctor, right? Eric's been reading some literature uh, about parents. I got a couple of pamphlets. Um, 
So what was I going to say? Okay, so then so then the doctor arrives here, and at the same moment, we get the arrival of the uh, the church, the reverend. Yes. Right. He comes in, and he and this is again. There's so many lines in this particular uh, story that maybe have significance to other people. Uh, and because we're from the U.S., it's, it's like naming places. Like he's like, "Oh, is this Downton Abbey?" But it's just not that. Whatever the name of the thing is, right, and she's right. like, "Yes." And it's like they, they make a point of saying that, but that's meaningless to me, right? That it's got the name of the thing. I think they just need to set up the name because that name is later going to have meaning to Ace. It's not an actual location. It's not like doing a story where it's like this is the Amityville house. Like in the U.S., you would know that has a connection to to horror. But so I don't know if that's a if this is a real whatever. Seem to be probably not. Okay. All right. So he does that. He's got to meet with. Here's another part like where I talk about how things weird things happen that no one acknowledges. So the doctor meets up with the reverend. And the reverend Wait. assumes that it's um, oh yes. the owner of the house, right? Right. And the doctor right. plays along, and a lie yeah. is established. And yeah. then uh, Weekend at Bernie's guy comes in with his, his sunglasses. <laughs> yeah, it really sunglasses, was. That's exactly right? what it was, yeah. And then he goes, oh, no, you're him. But no one says, like, well, who's this guy well, who's that this pretended guy? to be you minutes ago? Never. Right. It's all fine. Like, everything's no, fine. That totally happens. Not only does the reverend not be like, oh, well, why were you lying to me? Uh Josiah doesn't even say, "Well, why are you in my house?" No, so that's just strange. That's exactly Very what I weird. Mean. Like so many of, but those that's the second happen. time. Yeah, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's the second time that happens in the story because the first person they meet is Redverse in the hallway. So he, uh, Ace, and the Doctor are are snooping around. We still, what the hell? We see the stuffed animals with their eyes glowing red, which obviously felt like they were being watched, but that never comes up. But they do it several times, yes. but it never comes up. <laughs> And I'm know. also unsure about the okay, so oh, I guess we'll get there. I'm trying to remember, like, do we meet the young ward, uh, the young woman who is the daughter of the original owners? Yes. And there's that weird, there's kind of a weird sexual thing going on with her and the weird uncle. The way they, I haven't seen anything. But that's that not weird her since uncle, Harry, and her stepdad. The way they talk about each other or look at each other at one point, there's some weird stuff under the surface, right? Uh, okay, maybe. <laughs> I don't. I didn't. I didn't see that. Other than he was definitely opening up like a dark side of her because of all the things that she was forced to do under his control. The doctor later points out that well, you know what? She kind of enjoyed it. That's the you know sending people to Java, which was their yeah. Well, does he say that about her? Or about her mom? I can't. Remember. I thought he said about her. He may about say Gwendolyn. about her. But yeah, there is the thing about sending people to Java. She thinks. Her parents dad. have been sent to or her dad's been and at I guess least he her has, dad and, right? and that her mom's gone, but I don't know if he explicitly says they both went to Java, but yes, right, that her father went to Java. Dad is, what, what is Java? Java's just a, a, a place I mean, to explore. Yes. But that what does it mean in the because they turned some guy in a soup. So does yes. it mean when you're being turned into Java, you're being liquefied and or, Well, no, because the Reverend got sent to Java, but he got turned into an exhibit. Uh, about evolution. Right, so sent to Java so in like, quotes just means that maybe you're soup, maybe you're in a drawer, uh, maybe, oh, maybe you're, you're going to be That's a right. monkey on display. That's right. Like you don't know. It's like being sent to the cornfield in uh, that episode of the Twilight Zone. Yes, but you're actually sent to a cornfield, so that I could get behind. Yeah, this that was okay. So That's murky this one, no, about like you know what what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, so we meet so, her. She is then running interference with. The Reverend, and she's almost turned on, and I don't mean that in that weird sexual thing I was just talking about, but like, <laughs> great, as if she's a robot or something. And yes, I thought awakened. maybe these people were robots at yeah. one point. They're not, well, especially because the maids come out of a uh, recesses in the wall. Yes, and, and, if, and, and they have no reactions. And even the head maid, who, like you said, is actually the lady of the house, but she doesn't remember because they're all in hypnosis. They all felt like robots, sure. And then the guy, the, the the is it light or is it the uh, weekend at Bernie's who dismember? I think it's light. Dismembers it light later. A, a maid to see like how she works. Her body apart. That part was creepy. I loved that. Isn't actually, that's one of my favorite an parts. Arm, her arm yes. or something. Yeah. So if they were robots, it's less creepy. If they're human, it's super. They dark. were human. Yeah. Well, I don't think they're robots. Anywhere. I think they are. I think they are human, and I think it's super dark. Or they were human, but I think they are human. They are just under hypnosis, right? Whatever. They don't get yes. any lines. Like uh, a lot of times, they'd have to stand around with guns ready to point at someone just for the moment to look dramatic. Like there's that one yes. scene where they, they have their back and they turn yeah. around, and they all have guns. And the doctor has so, a gun in this, which we're not used to, but 
But it isn't it. a gun. It actually turns out to not be a gun. It's actually a radiation detector. Right. Yeah, you're right. But it oh, did strike me, too, because he, he had a gun, gun and held it to... Well, that's the gun that he held on Josiah when they take him down to the basement. So yes. he has a gun with a hostage, which was really out of yeah, character. Later, I remember it being the radiation and gun. It's that, but I it thought turns he out took to a be. gun from one of the... I had thought so too, People. but then he gives that that gun no, to matter. Ace, but that's actually a radiation detector. Right. But anyway, everything. So, but before all this, we actually meet Redverse. I think we should talk about yeah. That so talk happening. about that whole thing. So they're exploring the house uh, under the watchful eyes of all the taxidermy. They find a snuff box of some sort. I guess like a snuff box type item with um, initials on it. They turn out to be Redverse initials. Air Corps or something. Yep, so they're, they're, they're looking at that, and um, Redverse comes, sneaks up behind them with a spear. And um, so they they meet this guy. He's saying that he is looking for Redverse. This is a clue to help him find him. Um, he's on the hunt. He's the only person that could find him. Uh, Redverse has has gone off on a, uh, on a mission, and um, uh, he's the only one. He, that's his mission now to, is to yes. find him. I've just said that many times the same way in a circle. It's all fine. But what I what I love about that is that moment in a study or whatever uh, the room that they go into, and Redverse looks at himself in the reflection in the window, a ghostly reflection, yes. and realizes. And he doesn't actually he doesn't realize it, that he's no, Redverse. He just starts talking to who talking he to Redverse. What have they Redverse. done to you? You look yeah. Which was I loved the way he awesome. played the madness. The madness was really really great. And then later that snuff box actually contains light yes from okay, the th- interior this so he's saying this light from the interior has driven him mad see he <sighs> saw the face of god who is the light in the basement but this is where i don't understand where i get sort of confused so yes. these people are all under a spell and i would say redvers also is under the same spell when they see eh, a piece of themselves they are freed from it so yes the young uh, woman sees her picture of her parents with her and her parents in the locket, and the mother sees that, and they're freed from yes. the thing. Hypnosis. Redverse finds his own old snuff block box, so shouldn't that free him? I don't think from he was under. Spell? I don't think he was under hypnosis. I think he was just mad. I think he was crazy. No, he had gone crazy. So somehow, yeah. though, the light is emanating in- from. The radioactive snuff box. I don't understand um, and he, why. He's going crazy in that back room. They just put him in a straitjacket and just put him up in the which was the an attic, awesome scene. Attic, like visually, it was really cool and it was a nice horror scene yeah, of was, him getting lost. Cool. But it had no connection to anything else. Like, is that just a piece of light? Is that something that Josiah needed because he's survey? Is that like is that his tricorder? I don't know. It's never explained. It's just a thing that drives people mad. But it doesn't drive everyone mad. It only drove Redverse mad because the doctor and Ace yeah, see it as well. Yeah, everyone else at it. Yeah, without Like, no one else has issues. This guy totally goes bonkers off the deep end. <laughs> Speaking of, of uh, uh, Josiah and his light issues, <laughs> there's a funny moment in that exchange when they go to open the door where uh, right before they're about to open the door to get to where Redverse is, someone has a candle and it just goes a little too close to his oh, eyes yeah. and he just does this like t- terrible take. It's like, oh! And he just puts his, <laughs> and it's like, okay, we get it. He doesn't like yeah, light. Doesn't like Literally, light. his entrance is yelling light and the lights go down or whatever. Right, they have Alexa. Light or something. They have Alexa. They there. have Alexa, yeah. Yeah. The, um, <clears throat> yeah, so that all happens. I don't know. That whole part, again, it's one of these things like, Maybe it's only because I, I watched it once and then read through it. And, and, but maybe it's just because it's not the one time that I don't get all the connections and that they feel like they are big plot holes and people are probably yelling at their audio device right now. I don't think anybody's right yelling at you because I think this, this – uh, I don't think anybody – I think I, there's some people that think they know exactly what happened and that our interpretation of it, if it deviates at all, is completely wrong. Well, that's, there are people because there, people there like are camps. That. But it's like you there know, are people camps that, that feel like – this is a the best story ever, and that all these things can be explained. And there's other people that are like, yeah, it's kind of off the. I'm in the latter camp where it's like, it's a great story. It was a lot of fun. There's a lot to like about it, but it's full of plot holes. That well, just I don't feel like it's me. less plot. I mean, certainly there's plot holes, but I feel like it's more of a lost highway, uh, Mulholland Drive experience oh, than it oh. is traditional. Like you can read in what you want to. But and I like you say that those about things it. are a little bit more constructed, even though they are open for interpretation intentionally. Um, <clears throat> I feel like with Lynch, at least for these things, there is some intentionality behind them. Whether it's the same intention you're going to get from it or not, 
these crazy things that are going to happen, that the main character swaps bodies later, etc. No, these I, are all things that have make sense in their own interior logic, yeah, whether I, you get that logic or not. I don't think this is that case at all. Well, no, I, I would say in both Mulholland Drive and Lost Highway, mm-hmm. it's Lynch having visions and seeing things almost in a dream state that he's taking out of his head and putting on film. Yes. Where they're, they're not as plotted out to be weird or to be complicated. He, those connections are coming from his own subconscious that is coming out. Whereas I think, I don't yeah. know, I don't know what the writer's intent was doing this, but if he, this could have just sort of been images that he was seeing putting down, like the, uh, the red verse in a straight jacket and the light glowing and, yeah. and maybe yeah. not thinking about it. Um, I just feel like there wasn't as way. much. You know, maybe there, maybe there's just so much left unsaid that there is an internal logic to all this that does make more sense. But because, for whatever reason, so much of that story didn't get told explicitly in this story, um, we're missing that that logic. I, I, I sure. So I guess we can fill in the gaps however we'd like to make that work. Yeah, out. I mean, to your point though, I don't know why it's glowing, um, and that <laughs> it is it is part of. The, I'm assuming it's, a part of the light that is in the be. house and is everywhere, and you can see. You can yeah. literally read the the again. I'm going to say God all over the place with the the radiation, and this guy has come too close to it. And now can we get to something really important about this story, though? Yep. Is uh, Ace and Gwendolyn dressed in tuxedos? Yeah. Okay. So that's I like, love that. It, that was a <laughs> great. There was a lot of um, I loved it. Talk of clothing, like so. You she yes. she arrives, and everyone's like, "Oh my!" Especially the reverend. Scandalized. Like, oh, you're you're displaying your wanton. I forget what exactly what he says, yep. and because she's got her shoulders exposed, right? And then they do like a little Victor Victoria dress up yeah. thing where they they put on tuxedos. I, that was great. I love that 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 the doctor asks Gwendolyn, "Do you have anything that Ace can wear uh, that's more appropriate?" And that I also love that um, Gwendolyn calls her Alice instead of Ace, which I thought was cute. Um, but they, instead of going up and getting changed, that you see them getting changed in the room, and that they need to come back downstairs quickly, and and. Uh, Gwendolyn says, I can't wear this. I'm thinking she's not fully dressed or something. It's something more, you know, modern or whatever. But they both come out in tuxedos. And I just love the idea that Ace talked her into putting on tuxedos. Yeah. And that there's something, I don't want to say that there's something, you know, um, about a relationship there that it's, but there is something queer about it that I really enjoy. Um, it's the evolution of human sexuality. Yes, there we go. Uh, Brought about by the the light of God. Um, (laughs) So, but I, I love that there is that moment. There's not, not a big deal. No, did, no. It. I would say despite the light of God, because the light of God is a lie. It's false. Oh, no. So we're right? taking hard stances here. I'm not taking any stance. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to call it that moment because I, I thought it was it was just – it was done so well. Uh, it didn't call a whole lot of attention to itself. It was very matter of fact, and it just looked great. Um, and it just – that that moment of queerness in there was just was just cool because it didn't it didn't need to be and it just it worked out really well. So yeah, that was it was good. Kind and then awesome. they get changed again, right? Cuz she ends up in a different yes. outfit later. Yes. But uh, uh, not, but that not was before. A, that was a fun moment. And then it's weird to it's hard nope. to figure her out too, not Ace. Uh, the other one. Like she's sort of like cool in that part, but then she also becomes evil again cuz she's still under this control. So it's hard to right. like kind of get a gauge on her and then once she is released from it she gets turned into a stone statue yeah so she doesn't have much of a character <laughs> no, really, she really doesn't. i mean yeah a lot of them don't uh unfortunately and the same thing with the mom she's sort of like this evil henchman and there's yeah. like that one scene when um uh, weekend at Bernie's is like bring the uh, priest guy in, and uh, I don't want to get disturbed, which is like their you know safe word for don't, don't come in, <laughs> don't come here, come up doing word. my weird my word weird murders because she just kind of like looks like just that yeah. like, weird face before Creepy she look. closes the door, and Maybe then she also her. Hmm. you know she's she's released and then she's turned to stone. Yeah, and why is the policeman in the drawer? Okay, yes, let's come back to that. So this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, two years uh, ago, so the family goes missing. They right. send a cop there. Inspector McKenzie. Scott they Lundard. put the inspector in a drawer, and no one sends a follow-up cop, and all of a sudden someone else owns the house. It's a little, like, it's there should be multiple so- drawers of cops. It should be just, like, one <laughs> <laughs> Cops everywhere. Just cops, cops, cops. Um, 
Yeah, so he's in a drawer. It's explained later that he was in a similar type of hypnosis, and he's just been kind of in stasis for two years. (laughs) And the doctor's able to wake him up just by snapping his fingers in his face. I did like the detail that he's, like, eaten 12 breakfasts and uh, 11s yes. and whatever since he's woken up because he's been, you know, hasn't eaten for two years. That so was a ve- that was very funny. I felt like yep. all of the banter and dialogue when he came up, like what you're saying with the eating, oh. was all very funny. And he's, like, he's like spitting when he's talking. Yeah. But he's he's doing that while talking about what savages, um, that that the butler must be a foreigner because he, of the, his appearance. Oh, yeah, gets uh, a little And racist. that he's a savage. Yeah, he's this total racist guy. And he's just... Um, you start and, saying he's a how, gypsy or something. Is right, that, right, right, right. Some, something, something As terrible. opposed to the, the inspector, who's obviously very refined, and he's spitting while he's talking. So there's, right. I love moments like that. There's so much, yes, and, again, and, so much to like in this story. And you have that same type of thing with the priest talking about how off I didn't come from an ape while he's eating a banana and slowly that, becoming Teen Wolf. Like, that that scene was, was awesome. That scene was awesome. And so they do that reveal that he's being turned into an ape. But that that moment when he says that he was never descended from an ape and he starts peeling the banana and eating it, like if they had left it at that moment, that would have been. A I perfect... thought that's what it was. Right. And then all of a sudden, I thought it was great. And the then hair. you see the hairy yeah, palm, yeah. which is not so. That was it was fine because that's where the story was going. But I just like that moment up to that point was just you know a great little gem yes. by itself, and, and, and there, then it goes further. There's lots of funny things about how evolved we think we are, and we're not actually very evolved, and, right, and all right. the ironies that the writer was pointing out so i mean the script is great i mean i think you said that already but as weird and as disconnected as it is if only maybe there was another part or a little bit longer or just a way to flesh out some of these other things 10 more minutes maybe that was it so uh the whole trauma in ace's past the whole reason they're there so in 1983 when ace is living there well you read about it right so well, you know what no, it is? No, not really. Not, no, okay. no, I didn't actually read about this at all. This is this is just from the story. But she was kind of a, uh, a ne'er-do-well. She would get herself into trouble. She and her best friend would kind of do each do dares and yep. like kids do and just, uh, you know, you know, dare each other to goof off. But her friends, her friend who House has... burned down. Yeah, has, has a... I, I want to say like a Muslim last, uh, Muslim name or, or something... Um, yeah, I can't remember what her name is, but they say like uh, like skinheads or something burn. Her they house say down, white right? kid, white kids burn yeah. her, firebombed her house, and that was the thing that caused Ace to kind of you know, lose it. And she goes and kind of runs away, comes to this house just because, just down. I guess, just just to like jump the fence and just you know do something naughty. I don't know, um, but yeah, she goes in the house and she feels some sort of evil, thinks it's haunted. And uh, burned into the ground. Yeah. So, I guess I felt I like there was going to be something more huge... to all of that. I mean, that part of it—the fact that her friend's house was firebombed in a racist incident—is a huge thing. But that it went in this direction and gets no other mentioned is very strange. Yeah, like but that's that, a big detail. That's what I meant too. Like I, I thought that there was going to be more to it. Like her story was oh yeah, was yeah. good. I thought that the end of this was going to tie back somehow to an event that happened that caused it, or yeah. or there was going to be some kind of like catharsis for her. The only thing you get is at the very end. The doctor's like, do you have any regrets? And she's like, I wish I would have blown it up or something. Right. She says, you know, instead of burning it down. So it was it was a little it was a little weird to add all that emotional depth to it. And then it didn't really I don't know. I didn't see like there's a lot of emotional worked. depth to the fact that her friend got was yeah, you know, subject right. to this. But but the, but it's not directly tied to the house in any way. I guess emotionally it was. Maybe that's why. I don't know. It's, but again, yeah, I mean, okay. it, it's tied so much. You have a story about uh, uh, Darwin and all of that kind of stuff, which, you know, in uh, Europe eventually splinters into you get fascism and you get uh, white nationalism and, yeah. and all of this horrible stuff that comes out of a lot of that thinking with, quote unquote, intellectuals uh, that gets perverted. I don't know if that's they're trying to show the horrors good read. of that. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I don't know. So, the only thing we haven't really talked about is light. Yeah. So then you get, <laughs> then you I mean, get light. Liberace, uh, who I I'd referred to as a budget Christopher Lee or or, or <laughs> yes. Peter Cushing type, who is in. So okay, 
So the whole thing yeah. is also a spaceship, right? That has no yes. engines. And they say sure. that, like, at the end, when it's going to take off, they're like, hey, I don't hear the engines. Like, well, it's already gone. And it's this weird mm. powered ship that's under a house, but mm. they must have built a house on top of it. Or it just that's appeared. My guess. Or it's like, <laughs> it doesn't move in the same way that we move. Like, it's like, I don't even know how to describe right, it. But right. they, they make a point of saying that it's not a traditional spaceship. So somehow right. this thing lands... And Light, who we're talking about, who is this being of energy, was around at the time of the Neanderthals, because he, he remembers catal- he starts cataloging. Yes. He remembers yep. the whole religion is built on the idea of him. Again, yep. religion as old as it is, and the idea of God. Um, and then they t- he takes one of them, one of the Neanderthals, mm-hmm. and then he grants it the ability to speak. I can't remember I don't know how where that, that comes from. Out. I don't think it ever is explicitly explained. Because right? light hates evolution too, but yet he would evolve someone else. Or maybe that's I don't. Yeah, I don't know where that was. However, it from, works. Maybe sure. I, maybe uh, Weekend at Bernie's is the one that evolved him. We don't know. Maybe. Um, so then he sets his things out. He sets control out, and he sets survey out, and he goes to sleep. Yep. Right. That uh, seemingly I'm not sure why like he decided to go to sleep. Behind a seal. Yeah. That's in the spaceship that they open up at the end. They don't want to wake him up. They want to keep that closed. But yes, they ended up breaking that open and waking up right. light. And, 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 and you know, um, what's Weekend at Bernie's name? Uh, not Josiah. Tobias. What is it? Josiah. 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 <laughs> Josiah. He, 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 once he gets mad with power, he, you know, hauls up, holds up control. And then he also is preventing light. He hates light. He doesn't want to see light. Kind of weird that he can't even look at the thing that made him and is using him. Seems like if you were light and you were building something, you'd allow it to look at you. But that was a little... But he's the thing. Now he's... He's turned away from the light. uh, Turned away from it. He he has his own ego around... Yeah, okay. Right. So they're keeping him under wraps. And then the doctor knows enough of this trinity that he frees control. And there's that weird part with the elevator... When the doctor's like, I can hear you coming up the elevator, but you should take the elevator. Do you remember that part? What did, yeah, that, mean? I don't, what did that mean? I don't know what was... Ta- like, Control was trying to find a way up into the house for Light to then come after her, come with her afterwards. And the doctor calls over to his shoulder and saying that, saying something like an aside that she could clearly hear that if they were to come up, uh, they should right. take the I elevator. I don't know I what this was. I not understand how Light fine. got out. Really, like control let light out. Well, how did control get out ex- exactly? We saw this story. I swear to God, we, did. we watched now, well, this. Well, the controls behind becomes aware, and then Ace goes down there. But it's tr- control escaped, though. We don't see control and escaping. Then the we get a, are we alive at one point, and yeah. then uh, and obviously, uh, I don't, I don't know how control gets out, but I love control, and I loved the whole <laughs> learning to be a real woman. Yes, control where she's she's learning to speak and she's she it, you know, so, sounds like Augra and she's got she's putting dresses on and stuff and there's going several out to the theater several direct references to um, Eliza Doolittle and you know uh, Pygmalion or whatever right. throughout this so yeah that was great. that's her Pygmalion moment yeah so I don't know how I don't know how she, okay know so how light she, comes she up that. we see light burst through the the elevator <laughs> and. They think it's an angel, and the doctor says, no, this is just how it's materialized uh, this time on Earth. Right. What do you think of the portrayal of light? The way the character Uh, was portrayed by this actor. The way that it kind of talked like this at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, it was a little strange. Lots and lots of big finger movements and big, gigantic (laughs) shoulder pads. Very much like Liberace. Very as, uh, as the god or light. It's like if Liberace designed an outfit for a superhero. Yeah, yeah. But I, fe- I felt I got a lot of like, um, of like those old, like an old horror movie vibe to it from that kind of reading because you see a lot of like old vampire movies or old monster yeah. movies where there is like that sort of, uh, you know, like a feminine. Uh, being like a higher level being of intelligence sure. or something that always has like high high pitched range voice or something and then starts getting angrier and angrier and the voice starts getting lower and lower yes. and yeah but i liked him as an actor and i thought he did a good creepy job when he was dismantling a human cuz it became yes. like really sort of psychotic yeah. almost 
Yeah, the way that he was so driven uh, to the edge by you know the fact that all of his work has gone to waste, that he's been cataloging life, but everything keeps changing, and you know looking at the microbes and everything's everything's moving, everything's changing, and can't stay still, and it's just so he wants to stop evolution by destroying all of life. At first, though, he's just going to, well, he turns, like you said, Gwendolyn and the, uh, her mother into stone statues so they can't evolve anymore. But then I guess he's just going to blow up the earth, basically. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to figure out what his motivation is. I mean, yeah, that's basically it. So he's done all this work. Everything keeps changing, how frustrating. So he's going to kill everything. So his work's still good. And then the doctor even points out, it's like, yeah, but you didn't catalog any of the stuff that's here now, right? Right. Says, like, and then you're still he, he changing. You've changed your mind, so you're yeah, yeah. changing. So everything's changing. But yeah. I still don't quite know, did he go to sleep in the Neanderthal period, or did was he knocked out? And, and, and that's why he all of a sudden, it's like all this time has passed. I think that he just went to sleep so that Survey and Control could do their work, but Survey just put control lock control up so they could never wake up light so as long as he doesn't wake up light then um survey can go about doing his dastardly plot which makes no kind of sense um well he's yeah, they so have that, the uh the explorer is going to meet the queen of england that the only way he could possibly meet the queen of england is through a, the he explorer's plus one yeah he's got That's that plus how one he's and then it. he can do the mind control uh and then rule yeah. all of england I it's yeah I just didn't understand like the the light because lights going to sleep and letting him work and and then he wakes up and he's like well everything's changed but it's like you know I don't know just have him keep working right it's like he just can't keep up with that the whole thing is very strange it's all very strange um yeah okay so then at the end the doctor points out that that light is itself changing and it kind of freaks out and has a does not compute compute kind of moment and just dematerializes into the house and just is vaporized yeah and don't I they guess. leave and then come back and then the thing's still going i can't remember if uh, i'm trying to think of the last episode where it's where he's having that moment the, the wrap-up on all of this felt super fast yeah and weird and confusing but did he start but, to go and then they left and then they came back and then he finished or something or did no, i hallucinate I all that of happening, that happening but okay it's, it's fine yeah. Yeah. um and then we have yeah, then we have the uh, a love story. I guess we should talk about yeah. between the uh, great the great gamesman, uh, the hunter, and control. Right, and control. Yep. Yeah, they become ladylike. Yeah, so she's evolving this whole time, and she wants her free. What's the word that she keeps saying? My free. That's not freeness. freedom. Freeness. She wants her freeness. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So she's gonna be the plus one to get to meet the queen so that's fun she gets to be but they uh, skip that right doesn't he say like i don't even care about meeting her anymore and then they decide to go through the universe on their spaceship oh yeah that's right that's instead they uh they they and also control redverse the neanderthal the butler and um uh josiah josiah yeah survey i'll go off yeah and i feel like red for uh completely transcends ego that was another thing. When I was first watching this, I was like, oh, is one super ego, one's ego, and one's the id? And like trying to figure out if that was what they were going for, but it didn't, was not adding up. Um, kind of. That yeah, well, kind of you work. were like, you know, because the super ego is keeping the ego in check. Ego in and check. You have. But when no, you start super, getting into super the egos plot keep, yeah, details yeah. and stuff, it was like, well, that's kind of a stretch. It doesn't. It's yeah, sure. Fine. Sure. Um, but I was going to say, he transcends <laughs> his own ego, right? Because. Doesn't someone call him Red Furs and was like Red Furs is no longer me or I'm Red Furs? I'm tired of Red Furs. I'm gonna when they're like you're gonna go meet the queen something like that. I don't know. Sure. Yeah, that happens. It's all. It's all. It's all fine. Did we cover everything? I feel exhausted. I think we got everything we needed to get out of so this one. I feel so exhausted. That, that, a lot, that took a lot out of me, listeners. Um, I, I, I was looking notes. at this. I took so many notes, so I'm, I'm sure, like, I'm gonna find the notebook and I'm gonna be like, "Oh, why didn't I say this thing?" That we you got it through osmosis. You know, you knew what you needed to say there. Um, so, after getting some of the feedback, we should we could jump in and start talking about uh, what you guys thought about this. Those of you who responded to us on Twitter. Um, but I was curious because I was starting to see some of the feedback and people really like this. And uh, I guess as a fan ranking, this is in a lot of people's, you know top upper echelon of uh, uh, classic Doctor Who stories. In the most recent fan poll, 
um, of just classic episodes, it was somewhere in the top third of stories, which I would agree with. It was a lot of fun. It was so much fun. It just had some some crazy issues that we've discussed. Okay, so why don't we just jump into our feedback? Okay. Um, <laughs> Hair of the Hound responded to us first that we're uh, taking the plunge into the ghost light with a, a, a nice gift that... Uh, Made me think that this was going to be much more of a horror story than it actually was. So thanks for uh, throwing me off the scent there, Hair of the Hound. Um, let's see. What did we get? Uh, Bernard says, maybe the best thing the show has ever done. And that's a sentiment that I've seen in a lot of places. Uh, the entire people, show? Well, that's, that's that's what uh, he is saying. But I've seen a similar thing. This isn't a lot of people's, uh, like I said, you know, top few classic stories. And maybe if we were to watch this several times more, it would... The, the oddness of it might not detract so much and the, and the bits and pieces where I... Because, you know, I'm spending my time trying to figure out, well, what the heck is going on? Trying to not, yeah, not you got, get you ahead of it. Yeah, you have to absolutely watch it more than once. But and just I'm, go with it and it let it be weird and not try to put it together, it. maybe it does get better. So I, this is definitely a story I would watch again to try to get more, but that's not the point of why we're doing it this way. Um, Nitro9 uh, concurs in, in that. Um, they say... This one gets better with multiple viewings, great atmosphere, costumes, music, but a lot of weird stuff to sort through and make sense of. Um, 100% agree. Uh, with the atmosphere, the costumes, music, the acting, the script, everything we said, we really like. It's just... Yeah, I really like the music, too. I mean, I think we talked about that as well. I thought yeah. the music was really well done. And I loved that song that she's playing on the piano. It's just so weird, It's an actual song. And it's not, not a... really necessary, but awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a great song about the zoo, um, but it was a song that came out in that year, so it was a real... Wait, it was like a doing. pop song that she was doing? Yeah, from from pop song, I guess, but yeah, really? 1883. It was a song from... I. This is what I saw. This it is was what the from Erasure. Told me, so I'm just, I'm uh, no, what is the name of the song? Um, OK Computer, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, it was Kid A. It was Kid A. Um, I don't forget, it was something at the zoo. We can find that. Uh, maybe that'll be our outro. <laughs> No, I already know what that's going to be. Uh, okay. Um, Nitro 9 uh, separately does say, a follow-up for Battlefield. The Brigadier's future wife, Doris, is first mentioned in passing in the third Doctor episode, Planet of the Spiders, which we did not watch. It's a great scene. The Brig gets so flustered. And a great last story for Pertwee. And I recommend it for your watch list. Sure. So we did know. Because we were wondering where, where she came from in this. So that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, Chris Dips says, uh, very hard to catch everything the first time through. No kidding. Also, they don't have enough time to explain everything, so this is better as a novelization, which this, um, the writer of the screenplay did actually novelize this story himself. That said, uh, the Dr. Ace manipulation dynamic in the story sets the stage for the ninth Dr. Rose and more complex characters. I can see that. The evolution of the way the character, or the the relationship of between Doctor and Companion has moved forward is, this feels much more like modern Who than previous Companions. Um, Daniel Smith says the whole McCoy era was very experimental. Was a very experimental era. I think that Ghostlight stands out as the most. Sorry, I think that Ghostlight stands out the most as it implemented something that, to my knowledge, the Doctor Who has never done before: ghost stories. Uh, and surprisingly, it was very successful. The Doctor Who never done ghost stories. Is that what yeah, yeah, that's what he's saying. I guess there were there were We've always ghost super, stories. supernatural stories, right? I don't know if there's specifically like haunted house stories. They do one in a new Who um, with the tenth Doctor, but to this point, I don't know. They, I can't recall that we've seen any that were specifically ghost stories. But the vampires, we had, you know, you know, different creatures. Anyway, yeah, cool. Um. Chris uh, replies to himself and says, uh, just to clarify, though, I watched this over and over as a teenager and love it, loved it. And I could see this as a story that I would have watched many times as a, as a kid as well. Uh, the Doctor Who show replied to us to say, an extra episode, another couple of script edits, Ghostlight could have become one of the top three Doctor Who stories of the 1980s easily. The fact that many regarded so highly regardless speaks volumes to the imagination behind it all. Uh, Chris Epps re uh, replies and agrees uh, the rare instance where more episodes are needed and I've already said that I felt the same way when I'm watching it and I'm glad that you guys said the same thing so I don't think that I'm totally mad um, but yeah this could have used it could have used just 10 more minutes that's really all it needed David uh, says almost perfect needs that extra episode but I don't really care and still love it 
Um, yeah, and that's it. So thank you for the feedback on the story. I think we're all pretty much in agreement here. Um, I don't know if I put it in my... Would you put this in your top, I don't know, 10 stories? Top 10? Probably. Yeah. Well, maybe. Maybe. I mean, I have to look. I'd have to put a list together, Dan. I can't Why commit you put to a that. Be- right now, I would say, yeah, I, I thought this was great. Yeah. It'd probably be my upper. I don't yeah, know. I don't know about top, top 10. 10. I mean, you got that's like of the whole run. So I got to sure. put all those yeah. Baker stories and everything, everything else in there. Yeah. Hmm. All right. By next time, Eric's going to have his top 10 list and we can go through that. I don't that have to ever do that. Why do we got to rank <laughs> never, everything, people? Can't we just like that, things? <laughs> no, we need Everything's got to gotta be compared and ranked. Uh, uh, but I, I like rankings, it. I like it a lot. What? Speaking of rankings, yes. how are we doing in our iTunes store rankings? Oh, uh, we got a new review, which was not a good review. Let's Lay it off, brother. It. Uh, yeah, if we're up to that. So we like reviews. So if you want to leave a review, you can go to the old Doctor Who show dot uh, com and click on the subscribe in iTunes and subscribe to it and leave a customer review. Just like L.J. Romanoff did um, from March 5th, who said more old who, less new who, three stars. Oh, no. We usually do pretty good with five-star reviews, but this one's only worth three. And uh, LJ said, I've started from the first show and working my way up to the current episode, currently mid midway through the Tom Baker years. Enjoy the show, and I like the episode reviews. Uh, thank you. But I have no interest in hearing about, any, about the new Doctor Who. If, yeah. I, if I subscribe to an original Star Trek podcast, I would expect the first ten minutes of every show to be about Discovery. I would do a podcast Wait, about Discovery. It's really to fun. If I an original Star Trek podcast, I would expect the first Wouldn't. End. Yeah. Wouldn't I expect a, that. Yeah, that's uh, fine. I give your uh, review three stars out of five. Oh, my goodness. Because you, missed, uh, you got that part wrong. Uh, but those, yeah, but the other three stars, uh, I will give you before writing such a nice thing. So I'm glad you like the show. We're going to keep talking about New Who. Like, if there's ever, like... if. The show comes back, and I like Doctor Who, so when I'm talking to Dan, I might as well mention it on yeah. my Doctor Who podcast. I mean, yeah, we, we're, we stick with old Who for the most part, but... I, uh, we're, we're not really con- talking about full reviews of things. I, I, yeah, when, we'll, we'll keep it briefer, When I this guess. current season with uh, Jodie Whittaker came on, there was more to discuss because it was more momentous than other things. But Eric, now we're talking about new Doctor Who again, so we can't do that. Right. We do have one other review it. that came in from um, the UK... Uh, On February 26th, this is um, from Rob Dead Riot. The review's title is Turlo's Tiny Pants. Um, And it's a nice, uh, simple review that says, a great Doctor Who podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I think that's pretty much accurate. That's that's us. That works. Um, Yeah. So thank you very much for those reviews. Um, Those are the only thing that are keeping Eric and I uh, living right now. That's it. So there is that. If you want to leave a review, like he said, go do that at your uh, your Apple's uh, iTunes store of yep. choice. Or send um, us an email, too, at the old Doctor Who show at gmail.com. We like those. We love those. Um, you can just visit our site at uh, theolddoctorwhoshow.com. You can leave comments, especially on the schedule page, if you want to make some recommendations for what we should take a look at when we come back around through and check out some of the stories that we missed when they weren't available right, to we, us. We only have two more. We we're looking at Curse of Fenric, which yep. is next, and then after that, Survival. And then, and then I guess the, the movie, movie. The Doctor Who movie, if you've ever seen it. The uh, the, the Fox one. Yep. And then... We've talked the, about doing the 60s ones as well. The, I'm, the Peter I'm very ones. interested in... I, I know that they're not like actual part of classic Doctor Who, but they happened, and I think they look fantastic. Um, visually, they're both I don't know if they Dalek good. movies, right? They're both yes. Dalek. Yes. Okay. Yeah, the Peter Cushing ones. Yep. So I would, I think that'd be fun to do. Maybe we'll just, I don't know, we'll do a bonus pod or something. Yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll figure, figure that out when we get there. And um, if you want to send human mail, yep. Uh, PO Box two one three one Red Bank, New Jersey zero seven seven zero one. Um. Yep. And then, like I said, you can follow us on Twitter at TODW Show. Same thing on the Instagram. Uh, Facebook is TODW. T O D W S. I can't it's ever do it. Just right. go to the. If you go to our website, you can find all that. Stuff. They're all there. They're all there. So um, please let us yeah, know. Yeah, I think that. I think we we got That's through it. this. We did it. We got it. I was gonna say, wow, it was a short uh, one, but we actually went over an hour, so it's not it's short fine. at all. It won't be when you cut it down. Enjoy your editing. Hey, everybody. 
thank you for spending some time with us. All right. Have a good one, people. You as well.